Welcome back to Moms in Baseball. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Diana. And today we're going to cover the basics of batting and pitching stats. Woo! So I'm really excited about this episode today. And we mentioned in our previous episode how excited I was, but that's primarily because it's not stats I'm super enthusiastic about. It's actually bookkeeping. And originally, we thought we would cover both in this episode, Um, but then we realized that leads to a really, really, really long episode. So we're going to try to focus just on the stats today, and hopefully in the near future, we can kind of go over keeping book at games and Game Changer and common mistakes or advice with that. So we're going to jump right in to stats. There's only one thing I'm hoping to cover first, and I'll ask you, Stephanie, um... How much do you think stats matter? Do you look at stats for your kids, for youth baseball? Is it something we should be looking at? Right. Honestly, for me, I do not look at it. Um, Although my son and uh, my husband do look at that quite a bit. Um, I think it's just like kind of one of those you nice to know, and then you can know what areas that maybe you could improve on. Um, But sometimes it isn't that great. I mean, because your batting order... You know, where you're putting a kid is not always 100% based on the stats. And plus, we already know that they're only as accurate as the person doing the scorekeeping and the game changer. So, hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it, it really does depend on who's keeping it. If, if they don't know what they're doing, then your stats are going to be irrelevant. Um, but I do think that it can be it can be a tool for coaches to use or... A motivational tool for players if, if that's something yep. that motivates them the numbers yep but anyway I just wanted to make sure in this episode that parents can understand at least some basic hitting and pitching stats and we'll briefly go over a little bit of base running as well um, but I realized the first thing we need to do is make sure people know the difference between plate appearance and at bat because those are not the same thing that's right so going into our hitting stats so plate appearance is including every time the batter is at the plate at bat does not include walks hit by pitch the sacrifices all of those kind of things exactly And um, for sacrifices, there's a sack bunt and a sack fly. A sack bunt is going to be something that advances the runner, whether they score a run or not. If the coach calls a sack bunt and that's what the player is intending to do is to sacrifice themselves to advance the runner, that's a sack bunt. A sack fly is a fly ball that is caught and the batter is out, but the run from third scores. So like Stephanie said, for both of those things, they are not going to count as an at-bat. So they don't, it's like a wash. It doesn't count for you or against you in a lot of your stats. Um, The stat that most people have heard about is a batting average. So it's the total hits versus the total at-bats. At-bats being defined, as Stephanie just explained. A hit does not include a fielder's choice. So this is generally going to be when an infielder is taking a ground ball and they are attempting to retire a base runner that is not the batter. So they're trying to get out the runner going from first to second or from third to home, something like that. That's a fielder's choice. That does not count as a hit. If the batter reaches base on error, that's a reached on error. So if the scorekeeper thinks that the fielder could have retired that batter with ordinary effort, so yes, the scorekeeper does have a lot of discretion there then the error does not count as a hit. That's actually going to count against you. Yeah. 
somebody could have reached base four times out of four plate appearances in a day. And they could have gone two for four because they had two hits. Maybe they reached once on fielder's choice and they reached once on error. And that's where you notice young kids often getting confused because they think they went four for four because they got on base all four times. I will say at first uh, when my husband was explaining it to me too, and I was just like, what do you mean? He was hitting the ball at all times, but just because you hit the ball doesn't mean they're all included in there. So, yep, I get that. Exactly, yes. Or you can also have three plate appearances in a game but go zero for zero because you were walked twice and you were hit by a pitch, for example. So, yep, those don't count. Um, on base percentage is another one that we will look at. And on base percentage includes hits. It also includes walks and hit by pitch. So basically, if you're getting on base by any of those three means if you're hitting the ball, walking, or getting hit by a pitch. You divide that by your total at-bats, plus your walks, plus hit by pitch, plus sack fly, which means for on-base percentage, the sack flies actually go against you. They actually hurt your on-base percentage, whereas sack bunts are once again not included. Um, And I always think that's really interesting. I'm not exactly sure why that is, but I think it's because... Generally speaking, it's believed that the batter intended to sacrifice themselves with a sack bunt, whereas the sack fly isn't necessarily, they weren't trying to get out to score that run. I would guess that that's the reasoning behind that. So it does count against you in on-base percentage. Right. Um, So once again, for on-base percentage, if you reach on air or anything like that, intuitively you would think that that's included because you got on-base. Still doesn't count. (laughs) Still doesn't. Yep. Correct. Okay, so the next one is our slugging percentage, and that is the total basis. So like your single is one, your double is two, triple three, and then you're doing your total bases divided by your at-bats. And so this is typically your power hitter. You know, you have them in your four spot. They have power. Yeah, absolutely. That stat is measuring um, who's hitting for power, Uh, which brings us into the next stat. It's my personal favorite to look at for hitting, which is the OPS. And OPS is going to measure how often you're getting on base and how well you're hitting for power. So you're literally just adding on base percentage plus slugging percentage. So oftentimes the this is one way to see who your quote-unquote best hitter on your team is, is who has your best OPS. They're hitting for power, they're getting on base, that's what everyone wants. Mm-hmm. Another stat that I want to cover, um, originally I wasn't going to because it is a little bit more complicated, but I do believe that it's an important stat for coaches to look at if they aren't already, and therefore if coaches are looking at it, parents should understand it, and that's quality at bat. And I'm going to explain how that's measured in Game Changer, because I at least know that this is how Game Changer measures it, since that's what I'm familiar with. In Game Changer, it's considered a quality at bat if a batter sees at least three pitches after two strikes, or if they receive six or more pitches in their at bat, that's a quality at bat regardless of the outcome. So they could strike out, they could ground out, but if either of those things happen, it's a quality at bat. It's also a quality at bat if they get an extra base hit, so at least a double or more. If they have a hard hit ball, and in Game Changer, a hard hit ball is measured as something that was either a line drive or a hard ground ball. So it does make a difference how scorekeepers score those because it 
will affect the quality at bat for that hitter. Um, also, if a batter walks or hits into a sack bunt or a sack fly, then that is also considered a quality at bat. So I also had briefly mentioned already the reached on error and what that means. Again, if the fielder should have retired the batter with ordinary effort, then that's an error. That's not a hit. However, I think especially in really young youth baseball, I feel like there should be a stat where that counts as a positive thing because it's always against you if you hit into an error. So I, because I'm a complete geek, at some point in time created my own stat and I called it the run contribution percentage (laughs) because I wanted something that included reached on error as a positive. And so basically I was taking the total runs that were scored in the game and I was trying to identify who helped to generate those runs or which batters contributed to those runs. And so you would get half credit if you were the batter that got the RBI. And I'll cover RBIs here in just a second. So if you caused the run to be scored or the run batted in, you would get half credit. And if you were the runner that was scoring the run, so if you were the one getting credit for actually going across home plate and scoring the run, then you would get half credit. So basically this stat was just looking at any way you could possibly get on base or score a run as a positive. Um, I eventually realized that that can get really complicated. Like, should you get positive credit for hitting into a fielder's choice? Because that's generally a bad thing. Um, So I didn't know how to work around that. Or if a batter got on base and did what they were supposed to do, but then ended up getting pinch run for, or there was a courtesy runner for them, then that kind of also screwed up (laughs) the stat and what I was trying to measure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I kind of gave up on that, but that was just sort of my own way of saying, I think you should get some sort of credit for reaching on air because you hit the ball or maybe you're a really fast runner. Something happened. You're hitting, putting the ball in play and you're getting on base. That should be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when they're that young, because we know the younger they are, how many errors they they have. And, and you know, at least trying to, to hit and to get there. I mean, it. yeah, I see where you're coming from. Right. So a run batted in, in case people don't completely understand what that is, if a run is scored because of your hit, because of a sack bunt or a sack fly, if a run is scored because of a fielder's choice, or if bases were loaded and you walked or were hit by a pitch, you get an RBI for that. Um, You can get credit for an RBI if there are fewer than two outs and the scorekeeper believes that run would have scored even without the error, then that still will call, excuse me, that still will give you credit for RBI. So I guess that is one instance where you could hit into an error but get some sort of positive out of it. You could still get an RBI potentially. Um, If you hit into a double play, even if runs were scored because of it, you would not get credit for an RBI because generally you would not want to sacrifice two outs for that one run. So there's no RBI there. Otherwise, it's pretty self-explanatory what that is. So those are the only hitting stats that I thought we would go over today. Those are the basics. There are so many more things that you could look at. But if you understand those, then you've got got a really good head start. Uh, For pitching stats, the one you hear about the most is the ERA or the earned run average. So the earned run average is how many earned runs, and earned runs is a run that was scored without the aid of errors. So how many earned runs are scored divided by the total innings pitched. And then for youth baseball, you're going to multiply that number times seven. 
And that's actually all the way through high school. You multiply that times seven. Once you get into college and beyond, you multiply that times nine because they play longer games. Um, so you want your ERA to be low. Um, and one thing people don't completely understand there is that, let's say you had a pitching change in the middle of an inning, and the pitcher that started, um, he hit into a ground out, or excuse me, he pitched into a ground out, and then he walked a batter, and then he gave up a base hit. So there's one out, runners on first and second, coach pulls him and puts in a new pitcher. If those two runs score, they would not count against the new pitcher. Those are not his base runners. They would count against the previous pitcher. So there's just one clarification there. Stephanie, do you want to talk about whip? Yes. So the walks plus hits per inning. So the formula is your total walks plus your total hits, and then you're going to divide that by the innings. Kind of pretty self-explanatory. It is. The formula is right in the name. And I think this one can be slightly more helpful, at least in youth baseball, to look at versus the ERA. Yeah. Um, basically, how many kids are they walking? How how much are other kids hitting off of them per inning pitched? And one thing that I think is interesting in this stat, though, is that it does not include hit batters. So uh, somebody, yeah. yeah, so if a pitcher um, is hit off of or walks a player, that's going to go against their whip. But if they hit a batter, that's not included. So interesting. I, I'm not, yeah, I know it is interesting. I'm not sure why that is because to me that's just as bad as walking them. I guess you could do it in fewer pitches. Yes. But yeah, it's not included. And the next one is your strike percentage. So you want that one to be high because you want to strike out your batters. Right. Yeah, you want to strike out your batters. You want to throw more strikes than balls. Yeah. So I know for 8U, we went through two years of 8U in a row. So I'm familiar with that level, and I, I know if you throw 50% strikes or higher, you're pretty dominant at that level. A lot of kids aren't playing kid pitch yet then. True, yeah. Um, and they don't have the accuracy yet. Once you get beyond 8 and 9 you you'd like that number to be a bit higher. But obviously, that's where the other stats come into play because it's not 100% about how many strikes you throw. You don't yep. want everybody to be getting line drives off of you either. Yep. Um, and along the lines with that one, it's uh, just kind of a random stat that you can track in Game Changer if your scorekeeper is keeping track of strikes and balls in the correct order, at least, is FPS, which is first pitch strikes. So this is a stat that I know that my brother in particular likes to look at. He always wants his pitchers to start ahead in the count whenever possible, and especially in youth ball when kids aren't often swinging at that very first pitch. It's nice when it can be a strike. Yep. And I think it, it also depends on the kid. Like some kids will always swing at the first pitch. Like no matter what, they're always there. They're ready for it. And then other kids <laughs> like my son, it will just sit there and watch it, which is fine. I mean, I guess it's yeah. whatever, however you're feeling. Right, right. Um, and the only thing I wanted to cover in base running today was basically, we, we already mentioned that your base runner is going to get credit for runs scored. So even if they're a pinch runner or a courtesy runner, the person that actually scored the run is going to get credit for that, the person that was out there running. But I wanted to bring up that there are four different ways that you could score a quote-unquote stolen base. It's either a true stolen base or you advanced bases on a wild pitch or a passed ball. Or a fielder's choice 
defense or a different way to say that would be defensive indifference. So stolen base is exactly what it sounds like. Um, if you advanced on a wild pitch or a passed ball, then the distinction between those two is fairly subtle. Once again, it's up to the discretion of your scorekeeper. But basically, if you think the catcher should have been able to stop that ball with with ordinary effort <laughs> and they did not, then that would be a passed ball and that goes against the catcher. If you do not believe that the catcher should have stopped it with ordinary effort, then it's a wild pitch and it would go against your pitcher. And one reason that that stat is important, not only because you want to keep it consistent so that you can compare you know, the wild pitch stats for your pitchers and the pass ball stats for your catchers is that if a run scores because of it, if the run scores on a passed ball, then that is not an earned run for the pitcher. However, if the run is scored on a wild pitch, then that will go against the pitcher's ERA. So it does make a big difference how your scorekeeper is going to score that. Yep. And I don't want to get into the intricacies of the defensive indifference because that could be just a huge conversation. But basically, <laughs> defensive indifference means the team made no effort whatsoever, nor did they care that the runner was advancing bases. So often this is because it's late in the game, there's a huge run differential, and it, ultimately that base just doesn't matter. So that's what the defensive indifference is. Got it. So to wrap it up, I think that's all we're going to go over for stats today. Like I said, I would love to do future episodes here on Game Changer um, because I know there are a ton of people out there that would like to get better and would like to understand that, would like to avoid, avoid common errors. But we're just not going to do that today. (laughs) Um, But overall, if you are the scorekeeper, I would say just make sure that you're as consistent as possible, that you're scoring the way your coach would like, meaning how difficult are you on kids for hits or errors. Be consistent and score that way for everybody. And ultimately, if you are looking at stats and you are think they are important, don't be one of those parents that is bragging to anyone that will listen about their game changer stats at 10U because they're probably not accurate anyway. Yeah. (laughs) true story we don't want to hear about it no No. absolutely (laughs) awesome on deck we have baseball moms and game day essentials as much as today's episode was up my alley next week this is all going to be in stephanie's court because she's our super prepared mom i like to try and think that i am but (laughs) yeah absolutely she's going to take the lead on that one and i we will talk about this next week too but i just want to throw a quick little plug in for mombi if you're not familiar with them don't worry we're going to cover it next week that's M-A-M-B-E, but we're super excited to offer a 10% off discount to our listeners. And spoiler alert, it's basically the best sports mom blanket essential item that you could ever imagine. Especially here in Michigan for any fall, spring, actually even sometimes in the summer, the early summer. Um, it, it is essential. Yeah. You'll love it. It, it. It's amazing. And it's something Stephanie and I wouldn't advertise if we didn't already own and love this product. But you would just go to their website, mombyblankets.com, and you could use the discount code MOMSANDBASEBALL to get 10% off for your own items. But we'll talk about that more next week. Don't forget to subscribe and like us. And also feel free to give us comments or questions about new ideas or topics at moms and baseball we're on facebook instagram and twitter and our email is moms and baseball at gmail.com thanks have fun at the field we'll see you next week
Hold on one second. I need to pause there. <laughs> I am losing my train of thought. Hold on. Okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs>